0: Hello and welcome to this GBM Media podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for those leading in the Church of Christ. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm pleased that you could join me again. Christian Basics, more in the series with Dr John Hall. Right back in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, God declared it was not good for man to be alone. And throughout the Bible, we find God dealing with his people as a community, as a group. In Old Testament times, this was mainly through the nation of Israel. But in New Testament days, right up to the present, the community which God specifically works through and blesses is his church. And here on Serving Today, we've been looking at the theme of the church as part of our Christian Basics series with Dr John Hall. Each believer is, wherever possible, to belong to a local church, the local community of the people of God. Now, a short while ago, John Hall showed us how the Bible refers to the church as a body. Just as the body is made up of many parts which are quite different from each other, so is the church. We are all different. Yet the Lord has a place for every believer in his church, just like the parts of our body. And this picture of the church as a body raises the question as to who is its head. I ask this because there are some who say this lies in the hands of men – while others disagree. As usual, Derek French spoke with John Hall about this for us and asked him to tell us which is right from a biblical point of view. The Bible clearly states there's just one head of the church and he
1: rules it as its king and lord. And this head is the Lord Jesus Christ. It says so in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23.
2: Please read for us. And God placed all things under his feet, that's under Christ's feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Very clear, isn't it? It is
1: indeed. And in Colossians 1.18, Paul writes something very similar where he says he is the head of the body, the church, which is even clearer. Well, how does the Lord Jesus Christ exercise his rule over his church? Christ's rule is carried out by the Bible, the word of God being applied to the church community. The Holy Spirit helps teachers teach it, and the Holy Spirit helps the church community understand it and wisely apply it to their situation. Paul writes about the word of Christ living in the Christian and in the church community in Colossians three fifteen
2: 15-17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Notice that. Let the
1: word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach. Each individual is to be like that, having the word of Christ dwelling in us richly. But the church community is meant to be like that, centred upon the Bible, the Word of God, believing what it says and doing what it says. And in that way, Christ is the head of that community and governs and rules it.
2: Well, John, coming out of that thing, can I ask this question because... There are human leaders of the church. Where, this is the question, where do human church leaders fit into all of this? If Christ is really the head, who are they and what are they to do? Yes, within the church
1: there are leaders and there's also the gathered church meeting. And both these groups exercise authority. There are elders and there are deacons, and that group, the elders lead, the deacons serve, and then there's the church meeting. So let's start out with the first group of men who lead the church. They're referred to interchangeably as elders or overseers, and another word for overseer is bishop. They're also called pastors and leaders. These are all terms for the same group of men who are exercising leadership roles in the church. Each local church was governed by such a group of men working together to teach and look after that local church. Just to give you one example of a biblical text which shows this, we're going to
2: look at 1 Peter 5, verses 1 to 4. And Peter writes, The elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering and one who will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. Not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. So we have a very interesting section
1: here. Peter is an apostle. Now that's a special office which did not continue. But you notice how he sees himself here. To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder. He saw himself as an elder within a local church setting. Notice how this group of elders are also called shepherds or pastors and overseers or bishops. Notice too how they are to rule as servants and examples to the flock. Now such leaders, such elders and overseers, can be supported by the church financially, for instance if we look at one Timothy five, seventeen to
2: twenty. The elders who direct the affairs of the Church are well worthy of double honour, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For the scripture says do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Those who sin are to be rebuked publicly, so that others may take warning. So this group of men, elders, are
1: involved in leading the church. But there's also an authority of the gathered church to discipline its own members. For instance, the church at Corinth had a member who was sexually immoral. And the church had not dealt with the issue. And Paul writes to them in in 1 Corinthians 5, verses 1-3, telling them that the church has to sort
2: this problem out. You read that to us, Derek, please. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that does not occur even among pagans. A man has his father's wife. Are you proud? Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief and have put out of your fellowship the man who did this? Even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. I have already passed judgment on the one who did this, just as if I were present.
1: So he's telling them to put the man out of the fellowship, and he concludes the matter by telling the whole church to put the man out or expel him. God will judge those outside, writes Paul in verse 13, expel the wicked man from among you. You also remember from a previous study, the Lord Jesus in Matthew 18 verses 15 to 18 involved the whole church in dealing with problems which couldn't be sorted out at a simpler level. You could perhaps refer to that in your own time.
2: John, you've helped us to see that the New Testament teaches that elders, pastors, various names are used for them are to lead the church. Because their position is so important Could you outline in more detail what kind of men they are to be and what their work is? Yes, Derek. Each church
1: is meant to have a group of such male leaders. In the Bible, elders, overseers, pastors are all men. Let's turn to the sort of men and work they are to do. It's outlined in detail in 1 Timothy 3, 1-8. The overseer or bishop is to have a good character, a character which is above reproach, both in his marriage and his household and in society. He's got to have an aptness to teach and the temperament for it. So Derek's now going to
2: read for us 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 7. Here is a trustworthy saying. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Now the overseer must be above reproach, The husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Very high standard, isn't it?
1: It is indeed, and yet it's the standard for all Christians. Mm. We're all meant to live a godly life where we manage ourselves and our homes in this sort of fashion. But elders in particular are to seek to be Like this, they've got to have a good temperament and character, they've got to manage their homes and themselves, they've got to be temperate, self controlled, respectable, not given to drunkenness or quarrelsomeness, they're to be hospitable and able to teach. And so, such male leaders uh, are there to govern the church. It says later on in 1 Timothy, as we have seen, that elders are to direct the affairs of the church. In Titus chapter 1 and verses 5 to 9, Elders are entrusted with God's work. The elder must be upright, holy, disciplined, sound in doctrine and able to refute those who oppose it. Another text is Hebrews 13 verse 7. The Christians are urged to obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden for that would be of no advantage to you. So in summary, they are men, mature, well-instructed in the faith, with good, gentle characters who teach and care for the people who are their fellow members within the local church congregation and have to give God an account for what they do.
0: From what we've learnt today, we need to be much in prayer for those whom the Lord has appointed to positions of leadership in our churches. Their responsibility is enormous. They have to care for our spiritual lives and feed us with the word of God. It's also important to note that their position lays them open to attack by Satan, so we need to pray for the Lord's protection for them then they will one day have to give an account to God for the way they have cared for his flock, the Christian believers of today. And above all, they need to constantly remember that their leadership positions are always to be exercised under Christ, the only head of the church. It is his church, not theirs, so they must care for it as he directs. There's no place at all for abusive styles of leadership in the Church of Christ. Well, there we must close our time together here on Serving Today. Until next time, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye and may God bless you. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission Radio Team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk Until next time, goodbye.